Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. If you really want to watch Sunday Night Football again, it's airing on NFL Network. I don't know that I would recommend it unless you would like to take a nap. (laughs) Or unless you have insomnia, you can't sleep, you might put it on. It, It was an impressive performance by the Chargers. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. And that is a step forward, I think, for the Chargers because sometimes... They don't. Sometimes they get a little bit too cute. Sometimes they play down to the level of their competition, or sometimes they are the down level of competition. They just, they find creative ways to cause their fans heartache. And not just heartache, but indigestion. (laughs) And so at least they didn't do that. But the Bears, yeah, they're, they're without Justin Fields. A little bit like the offense is a ship without a rudder. I do love the Tyson Bagent story. I'm so glad he's had this moment. But there's a reason why Justin Fields is the starter. Uh, so we'll wait to see what happens there. But I'm I'm wondering uh, whether or not the Bears, since they aren't a contender, if they become a team that is offering pieces at the trade deadline, uh, or if they become, it wasn't that long ago that they were making the trade with the Carolina Panthers for the overall number one draft pick. Um, are they a team that is a seller, if you will? Uh, just it's hard to know what you would give up from that team. I don't know. Did they just they just got DJ Moore? He spent all of eight games with them, right? But I, there's an attractive piece. Uh, so anyway. We'll see what happens. But for the Bears, it's just another brutal season. I know their fans feel the exact same way. But at least now you have company in the basement of the NFC North where the Packers are happy to hang out and uh, exchange recipes. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We'll save the NFC um, for – we'll save the NFC North uh, for the – well, I don't want to do it. You know what? We'll save the NFC North for – Coming up, not just uh, we want to talk about Kirk Cousins and his injury, but also uh, because of the fact that the Packers are definitely in dire straits. And then thinking about the Lions on Monday night, too, and how they really have a huge opportunity. That division, uh, it's it's one that I think is upside down from maybe what a lot of people expected with the Vikings specifically. So we're asking you, because there have been more quarterbacks who have gotten injured, more quarterbacks who are out for the season or could be, so waiting with bated breath. Uh, We want to know, with the trade deadline looming, 
If you're a team that needs a quarterback, where do you look? Some really intriguing answers on Facebook, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, or our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. We'll put up that Monday MVP poll before long because there were some pretty impressive candidates. One of them... His NFL debut, not sure it could have gone any better. So that'll be bottom of the hour. But two teams that have veteran quarterbacks, they were locking horns. Oh, ha-ha, L.A. Rams. I didn't even do that on purpose. Uh, The L.A. Rams on the road at the Dallas Cowboys. And if you tune into this game late, let's just say you had a lunch that you were going to with family, friends. It's a Sunday. Okay. Maybe I'll just pick up the game at halftime. Well, you missed a whole lot. Prescott's in the gun again. Pollard on his right. Back to throw. Looking right. Deep to the end zone. Leaping catch for Jake Ferguson. Touchdown Cowboys to start the game. They're going to blitz Stafford. He throws it to the left. Picked off by Bland. He's done it again. Look at me. Ma, I came back home. A house call for Deron Bland. Nine-yard loss. And the rookie punter, Ethan Evans, they drafted him from Wingate. In the seventh round. Oh, they blocked the punt. And it's going to go through the back of the end zone. Prescott back. Time looking. Throwing it into the end zone to C.D. Lamb. Touchdown, Cowboys. Rams are going to rush four. Prescott runs up out of the pocket and runs right. Looking downfield. Throw into the end zone. Touchdown. C.D. Lamb. Cash in. That's C.D. 22 yards. And his second touchdown of the day. Brad Shame amusing himself and Cowboys fans by getting cute and quirky there in the second half. Yeah, this was a complete dominant performance. The Rams were already trailing 33-9 at the half. So if you were running late after your Sunday lunch or Sunday brunch, well, you missed a lot of the action. An overwhelming performance by the Cowboys in all three phases. So Deron Bland with his third pick six of the year. There was a block punt for a safety because it goes out the back of the end zone. Uh, Dak Prescott twice found C.D. Lamb for touchdowns in the first half. Cash in. That's C.D. (laughs) And so even though Matthew Stafford is able to engineer a touchdown drive before and after halftime. And maybe you thought there was a chance they could come back. Problem is he leaves the game late in the third quarter with a thumb injury and does not return. And so whatever hopes they had of of really coming up with a rally, those were squashed there. But I will say I, I, I felt like Dallas didn't take its foot off the gas, if you will. Uh, there was a 17-play drive in the third quarter that took 10 minutes off the clock. Now, it only resulted in a field goal, but at that point, you take 10 minutes off the clock, Matthew Stafford doesn't come back after that, and you're in a really good shape because of your defense. For CD, an exceptional day, and actually, even though it wasn't a touchdown, he had a long catch later in the game that put Dallas in position for Dak's fourth touchdown pass, which went to Brandon Cooks. And so Dak was near perfect on this day. Over 300 yards, only misfired on six attempts, four touchdowns, though he does have an interception in there. And C.D. Lamb, certainly his top target. We wanted to make sure that we continued to build, uh, and I think we did that today. We, went, we wanted to take a step in the past game. I know that was a point for Mike, uh, get some more attempts out there, uh, and the guys did a great job protecting, getting open, uh, just a successful win.
the way our team's laid out, I mean, there's 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 big play potential. So I mean, you got to build that into, you know, the normal flow of, of how you want to attack games. But the identity is is complementary football. Um, you know, you got to be able to run it when you have to run it, throw it when you have to throw it, and no different on defense. You know, we know that people are going to attack us, you know, through our run defense and just because of our ability to take the football away and, and pass rush. And you know, and I just love what John Fossil's doing with the special teams. Also, <laughs> you know, and this, this is as young as we've been on special teams since I've been here. So. So, you know, you know, they stepped up big today. Did you see how Coach Fossil is like up and down the sidelines? He's as fiery as his dad was. Just so much spirit and so much pride in special teams. And part of what Mike McCarthy did when he put this coaching staff together was to bring a bunch of veterans with him. And a lot of them have stayed. Now, I know Kellen Moore, he's gone to Los Angeles. Uh, give him credit for what he's done with Herbert and with the Chargers. Um, but... What you see on this coaching staff is a bunch of veteran minds that come from different uh, backgrounds and facets of the NFL. So Dan Quinn, who's remained, he's a former NFL head coach, uh, and obviously John Fossil and his legacy, but also his tenure in the NFL. And so they've got, I think, two back-to-back most impressive wins of the season. And even though they're still looking up at the Eagles in the NFC East, that's week nine, peeps. That is week nine, and there is an opportunity. And it's clear that Dak Prescott is settled in now, too, maybe because of the criticism. Uh, We know what the defense is about. They were just as good on Sunday. What did Micah Parsons – I can't wait for his podcast on Monday. It's my favorite. But what did Micah Parsons tell us? Laugh now, cry later. Laugh now, cry later. (laughs) He's bold. He's exactly what the Dallas Cowboys need. So they are now five and two, as I point out. They've got two big wins. Uh, Also protecting the home turf. They won 11 in a row in their own stadium in Jerry's world. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Matthew Stafford leaves during the game and... He has a thumb injury, but actually he stayed out there despite the fact that he had initially gotten hurt. There was another moment, though, that really made it impossible for him to continue. He did when he was finishing a throw. That wasn't the injury that limited. And you saw him, you know, he takes us right down the the field on the opening drive of the second half. Looked like the stud that we know and love and uh, did a great job. And unfortunately, it looked like that injury uh, occurred that that kept him out for the rest of the game. Uh, It did occur uh, when he ended up catching the two-point attempt from 2-2. We were hopeful, um, but then as soon as uh, I got the information from Reggie and from Dr. Elitrosh, you know, that was uh, the information they communicated to me. They were going back to look at it. Um, and he wasn't going to be able to return, but I don't have any further information other than that. You guys, did you see him catch the ball on two-point conversion? Is it 2-2 Atwell, right, that threw it to him? And I'm sure they practiced it all week, right? It, it probably looked brilliant in practice. And credit the Rams. Matthew Stafford was wide open. There was nobody on his third of the field. I mean nobody. They fooled everybody on this two-point Uh, lineup and the way it was it was like a couple of different passes right it was a misdirect and change of direction and and so Matthew was wide open in the right on the right flat but coming out of the right flat but he had to dive to catch the ball because Tutu's pass was kind of it was like a Peyton Manning wounded duck remember when he used to make those like weak weakling kind of throws and so it didn't go far enough or well it just it didn't come out of his hand right it was a wobbler and so Stafford had to dive to catch it and so it was it was an awkward moment anyway, but that's when he really injured his thumb. You know it takes a lot to get Matthew Stafford out of a game, but that's when he injured his thumb. What is like a just 
Ugh. It makes you never want to try anything different with your quarterbacks because that's what happens. It wasn't graceful. That was quite the catch, just looking at it again. Yeah, here. it wasn't graceful at all. He f- kind of flopped, yeah. but he did catch the ball. And and again, 2-2 didn't have a great throw. I mean, it was just, it was a little wobbler. You know, it was a bad throw. It was. Very it bad. was a bad yeah. throw. And so <laughs> I don't know if 2-2 feels bad. He probably shouldn't because the thumb was already injured. But yeah, Matthew Stafford, N- Matthew Stafford, is he's been he's been the reason why they've been able to transition so quickly to this younger group of weapons, right? Tutu Atwell being one of them, but not just that. Uh, Kyron Williams, who's on IR at this point, but waiting for Cooper Cup to return, and he picks up right where he left off. And then, of course, Puka Nakua. I mean, Matthew's the, he's the glue guy, as I said, with Kirk Cousins. Things are changing around the quarterback, and he's the reason why they've still been able to put up numbers on offense. I'm not really sure of what the situation obviously wasn't able to come back, but uh, hopefully that he's able to heal up as fast as he can, and then we'll be able to communicate and uh, build a game plan ready for next week. Yeah, so for Nakua, that's got to be frustrating, but also you wonder, like, is that it? He's had so much success early on with Matthew Stafford, so that's frustrating for the Rams, no doubt. But he's like a RoboCop, and half the time he's out there playing with, like, all kinds of injuries and maladies and broken things and torn things. Uh, And so if anybody can come back, well, he definitely can. Just that Cowboys pass rush is fierce. Uh, The irony in the whole thing is that he survives the pass rush, but he gets injured fully on a two-point conversion. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. While we're talking about Matthew Stafford and his injury, don't really have any type of definitive word. We do know that the the uh, Vikings fear the worst on Kirk Cousins. And so he leaves about midway through the fourth quarter, hobbles off, and, and goes directly to a cart. We are fearing. Um, currently, uh, he's, he's being evaluated and will be uh, into tomorrow. We are feeling an Achille- or fearing an Achilles injury. Um, the severity of that, I do not know at this point. Um, but I know that's what you know our fear is in the moment, and we'll confirm uh, that uh, as soon as possible. I really got no words for it. You know, it breaks your heart. Um, the guy's the leader of the team. He's the heart and soul of the team. Um, you know, pl- had such a great season at this point. It's been uh, you know an honor and so fun to watch. Um, and so you just hope you know pray for the best and hope everything's okay. Um, again, that's that's just the guy that we play for, and, and yeah, can't say anything else. Just thoughts and prayers with him uh, and his family right now. There is so much here with Kirk Cousins. He's so durable. Now, Matthew Stafford just talked about he'll play hurt. So does Cousins. And if you watch the Netflix series quarterback, you know he does not want to talk about injuries. He doesn't want injuries ever to be a reason why he misses a game. In his career, he's never missed a game because of injury. And while the reports are, including Adam Schefter, that the Achilles is torn, there's been no confirmation yet. Okay, so we don't have definitive word that would likely come on Monday. But after Kevin O'Connell shares the fears of the Vikings, you hear the voice of Jaron Hall, who's the rookie backup quarterback. Um, So at this point, we don't know if he'll start. But could you imagine if he starts in week number nine? Eight rookie quarterbacks would have started this season. Eight rookie quarterbacks. That's crazy. Um, Nick Mullins is on injured reserve, so maybe you thought there was an option, but he's not available. He's got a back injury, couldn't come back until week number 10. Uh, They've got Sean Mannion on their practice squad. Man, they got a lot of quarterbacks. They got Sean Mannion on their practice squad. Uh, 
and maybe the Vikings thought they might uh, make a trade for one of these guys, but or you know to send one of these guys away. But without Kirk Cousins, you're potentially looking at trying various options. So it's a bummer. And you think about Jordan Addison. So I, I was talking about this with Stafford, right? This influx of new talent. Well, what about with the Vikings? Justin Jefferson's hurt. And so what have we seen from Kirk Cousins? Figuring out ways to spread the ball around, right? Figuring out ways to incorporate different members of the offense. We know they lost Alvin Cook. Um, and so it's been... It's been Alexander Madison who's doing the yeoman share of the running. They've also got Cam Akers who had a touchdown on Sunday, right? The receiving core. You're talking about KJ Osborne who has has played with him for a while. Uh, Brandon Powell who, and then Jordan Addison who like I like the the uh, similarity here between what Stafford has done with Puka Nakua and what Kirk Cousins has been able to do initially with Jordan Addison and some of the big performances that he that he's had. So this is also tough for him as a young receiver. That got a big impact on not just the receiver room, but everybody in here, his leadership. He just, that's just a guy that we need around, but even though he's down, we know he's still going to be around. He's still going to help the, help the quarterback room out. He's still going to help the defense. He's still going to help the receivers. Jordan Addison, another one of those rookies who is making a major impact. Uh, he's already got seven touchdowns. Uh, was it seven touchdowns in this game or in this um, this season so far? So for him, you know, losing Kirk Cousins is a big deal too. When I'm counting them up, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven touchdowns. Uh, so far, and I mean that's incredible for any receiver. Forget a rookie, right? So the Kirk Cousins injury is probably the biggest storyline. We don't know about Matthew Stafford or Kenny Pickett. Tyrod Taylor still up in the air as well. We're asking you if you're a team who needs a quarterback. Maybe you've just lost yours, or you don't like how your backup is playing. You think it's going to be longer. I don't think Gardner Minshew would be the answer to this question, even before they lost Anthony Richardson uh, for the Colts. But you think about Gardner Minshew, he's all or nothing. He's either brilliant or he's just bonehead. It's it's one or the other. Um, there's no in-between with Gardner Minshew. Uh, but he would have been potentially an option, except, uh, again, when you have a rookie quarterback, you have to – a lot of times you want to keep around a veteran because it's a good safety valve or it's a good tutor as well. So Jay mentioned earlier – Oh, Andy Dalton. Right, but Andy Dalton was brought in to kind of help with Bryce Young's development, right. so I can't – and and he's already missed a game or two. He's two in, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if Carolina's not getting rid of Andy Dalton because they could need him. I was wondering about the Cowboys maybe because they've got Cooper Rush as a backup. Would they turn around and flip Trey Lance? Uh, I got a couple of great responses. I forgot about this option on Facebook. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is still available. And after – Aaron Rodgers went down. There were a number of New York sports analysts, including Boomer Esiason, who was saying that Carson Wentz is the obvious. Go get Carson Wentz. Uh, so, yeah, there there are some va- some veteran backups that are either free agents or who are in the NFL. But I got to tell you the truth. If I'm a team right now, even if I do have my starting quarterback, I'm not trading away my backup if I have any designs on winning a damn thing because pff, watch what's happening around the league. I mean, it, it makes you nervous if you still have a quarterback that's active and and standing and playing, active and upright and playing. Well, then, gosh, you're thankful every week that you get through where that's the case. But you also know that 
these injuries can hit your locker room or hit your team at any point. So on Twitter, A-Law Radio, then on our Facebook page too. Let's see, coming up, could you have imagined a better debut for one Will Levis in the Tennessee Titans while we're talking about rookies and quarterbacks who are injured, Ryan Tannehill unable to go. Levis already has more touchdowns in one game than Tannehill has this season. All right, think about that for a second. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Play fake. Looking Levis throwing. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Heath Levis trying to get it to Hopkins. He's got it at the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown! Titans! 47 yards! Will Levis, first career touchdown pass. DeAndre Hopkins. Levis to throw it. Fires. Got it. It's Hopkins at the 10, at the 5, in the end zone. Touchdown! Titans! Levis to Hopkins on the crosser for a big six. Levis looking to throw it. Throws deep downfield. There's Hopkins all alone. 20, 15, 10, 5, end zone. Ladies and gentlemen, give him 61 yards! Touchdown, Titans! The trifecta! Levis to Hopkins! Not once, not two, but now three times on the afternoon. It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody. On After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Quite an NFL debut for the seventh rookie quarterback to start in 2023. Wowzers, seven of them. Will Levis becomes number seven. We may end up having number eight next week if Kirk Cousins can't go and Jaron Hall ends up starting for the Vikings. But we'll save that for another day. Will Levis and his family having a blast. First NFL game, first victory, four touchdown passes for him, three of them going to DeAndre Hopkins. So final numbers, 19 of 29 for 238 yards and four scores. This is a dream come true for sure, but I mean, we have, what what, what time is it right now? Yeah, I got 12 minutes to celebrate it before we're on to Pittsburgh, as, as Vrabel said, so... Um, but, I mean, like you said, I've been dreaming of this moment as a kid my entire life, even just to touch the field in the NFL game, let alone get a win, um, is incredible. He's got a strong arm. I think anybody that would have played quarterback today, we would have tried to you know, move the ball. When we've had success 
offensively, we've been able to, to one, throw those, be able to hold up in protection, and, and two, be able to, to hit them. Mike Vrabel wanted to move the ball anyway, but I had no idea it would go so well with his rookie, Will Levis. True to his word, he did insert Malik Willis into this game. I don't remember exactly when it was. One play, and it was a turnover, if I remember correctly. Or it was, it was something bad. It didn't go well for Malik Willis, and he did not see the field again. <laughs> if I remember, uh, it, it was not... It was not equitable. It was not as though Will and Malik were playing the same number of snaps. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Can I tell you what stood out to me? And actually, I pointed this out to Bob, who is from Houston area and used to be a big fan of the Oilers. The Titans were wearing the old baby blue Houston Oilers uniforms. And I love the contrast of two brand new Titans. Okay, so Will Levis is a rookie. DeAndre Hopkins is playing his first year in Tennessee. Two brand new Titans, but they're tearing it up in old throwback uniforms. <laughs> Man, life comes at you fast. So Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins, I think this is super cool. You've got a veteran receiver who has actually caught um, multiple other quarterbacks' first touchdowns in the NFL, and now it's Will. I just trust in what I saw. And uh, we, we, we knew that we might have some opportunities to go over the top on them, and we weren't necessarily going to force it, but just wanted to uh, make sure I was right, making the right decision, and he was obviously doing a good job of getting open. you got to thank Tim Kelly and those guys, the whole offensive staff, of getting him ready, uh, getting him prepared for today. Obviously, he's a very talented quarterback, confident. Uh, he plays the game like he's been here before, but uh, you know, Tim Kelly and those guys did a great job of getting him prepared today. So Ryan Tannehill still unable to go on the ankle. Will Levis has four touchdown passes in his first game. Tannehill had three in all of the games leading up to Sunday. Now, I know he's been injured and he's been hobbling, but the offense has been a mess. And on this day, it it breaks out. Whether or not you want to say, oh, it's Atlanta and the defense, blah, blah, whatever. But still. I mean, the Titans will take any offense they can get right now. Derrick Henry over 100 yards. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. While we're talking about quarterbacks, the Falcons send Desmond Ritter to be cleared or to be checked out uh, for a concussion. He does get cleared. At least that was the report. And yet Taylor Heineke takes over and Desmond Ritter doesn't go back in the game. He's taking a leak. And I hear uh, Arthur... <laughs> heard Arthur call my name, so kind of came out and he said, you're in. So um, that's that's kind of happened. Taylor Heineke, I'm not sure we needed you to give us that much information, maybe a little TMI, but that was Taylor. Uh, he was taking a leak, to use his words, and he heard Arthur call his name. Where exactly was he? Halftime? <laughs> I don't, I, I'm going <laughs> to. I need more information. Now that you've given me too much, I need more. Where were you taking a leak? Is there another tent that we don't know about? The Apparently, blue, that blue tent? I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if right. there is a some type of a contraption in the blue tent for guys so they don't have to go back to the locker room. But if you hear the coach call your name, well, it's certainly not happening in the locker room at halftime, right? Because he could just walk right up to you. <laughs> in this case, he was somewhere... He's taking a leak. Taking a leak, and he hears the coach yelling for him. Taylor! Oh, Taylor! <laughs> One minute. Gosh. 
All right, Arthur Smith. So time for you to answer. Not so much about the leak part, but what about Taylor Heineke? Is he now the starter? You guys got the same report I did, right? I'm not I'm not a medical expert, but there's a reason why he got evaluated. I'm not a doctor. So when you get somebody out, just like with Drake, somebody else has to go in there. There's nothing, guys, you can ask me five hundred ways. We just finish the game. We got a lot of things we gotta we gotta go back and look at. I'm gonna listen to the medical experts. We'll see how this week goes. So he says it sounds like Desmond Ritter's concussion protocol or concussion getting checked out for a concussion is Arthur's reason for not putting him back in the game. But the report was that he'd been cleared and wasn't put back in the game. This happened with Deshaun Watson, right? But he had the shoulder injury. So he went through concussion uh, protocol. He was clear, but then he had the shoulder. So this is why media and fans press the issue and why the questions keep coming. So for Desmond, uh, still the starter or nah? In the day, obviously, you know, Taylor came in and did great, you know, did the job, you know, got moving and put points on the board. Um, and then the day, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a game of, I don't want to say it, it's a game of, um, you know, being a come out and execute. Um, and, you know, like you said, you know, the past couple of weeks have been tough um, as far as the execution part of it. Um, like I said, there's a lot of things in, in all games that we can clean up and be better at. Um, and, you know, we'll go back to work on Monday and look at it. Well, he didn't really answer the question, probably because he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know whether or not he's going to keep the job as the starter. Taylor Heineke, well, he's been in this position before for years now. This is what he does. He lies in wait. He lurks. No, he doesn't. He takes leaks, and then he waits for the coach to call his name. He's taking a leak. Okay. What, what, why? Why would you include that part of the story? <laughs> Better than Rogers telling us about his movements. <laughs> That's true. I guess I'd rather hear about Taylor Heineke taking a leak than the details that Aaron Rodgers goes into, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's a new standard. Aaron gives us way too much information all the time, and so Taylor Heineke's been listening to his catching on. Listening to his radio interviews. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so there's another situation there. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I would I don't know if I'd say hot seat. I mean, that's that's not necessarily a term you would use for a quarterback, but I would say that there's been a lot of chatter around whether or not he actually can be the quarterback in the future for the Falcons. And it's been frustrating for them because of the turnovers. Um, not so different than shoot. Who am I thinking of? Uh, not so different than what crap. <laughs> what Shoot. It'll come to me. I was thinking, Oh, Sam Howell. Sorry. Yes, Sam Howell, who also has been under fire for the turnovers that he's had. And it's it's been a roller coaster ride with him. Neither of those guys is rookies, but they're still young quarterbacks, which is why it's still a thing. Okay, so forgive my my minute. I was stuck on Taylor Heineke. Why? Why do you why? And where? My question is where? That's why is it that I need to know where, Jay? First thing I thought about was where is where, where did he do this? Where did this interaction take place? First thing I thought of. Okay, so at least I'm not alone. Uh, where do you look for a quarterback? Not in the same place that Taylor had to keep. Well, actually, that's where Arthur Smith was looking for a quarterback. Maybe <laughs> just go to the bathroom. <laughs> but I don't think he was in the bathroom. That's my point. Is mm-hmm. that... I don't... Okay, we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you. So... <laughs> So if you're a team looking for a quarterback, where do you go? If it's not Taylor Heineke, where do you go? 
Uh, you can find us on Twitter after our CBS or on our Facebook page. All right, that was five minutes of my life and yours. You'll never get back. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Pinheiro, this time from 23 yards for the Panthers' first win of the season. From the right hash. Let's do it again. Jansen, snap, Hackers hold, Pinero's kick, the Panthers win! <laughs> the first win of the Frank Reich era. Bryce Young's first win as the Panthers quarterback. 15-13, Carolina over Houston, your final. It's good to know you won't go 0-17. This <laughs> is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. It is good to be a Panther on this Monday morning. It is great to know the Panthers will not go 0-17. Congratulations to Frank Reich and all of the Panthers coaching staff, the players. Losing week after week after week is brutally hard. It wears on you because you put so much time and effort and blood, sweat, tears mentally and physically you go all out to try to get these wins and they've come pretty close we heard Frank Reich say multiple times we're so close and they finally get the victory though it does not come without its own bit of adversity the call there on Panthers radio a game-winning field goal from Eddie Pinheiro as time expires to defeat the Texans so Carolina earns its first win now one and six but The Panthers trailed in the first half because Houston, we've seen this now. The ball control ability, a touchdown drive that goes 92 yards, 17 plays. For the Panthers, that not only puts your defense on its heels and wears them out early, just a tough way to start, right, where you feel like you cannot get off the field. Uh, The Panthers also had a failed attempt inside the five-yard line. But finally, Panthers get on the board because there's a Tommy Tremble touchdown catch. I just love that name. Tommy Tremble from Bryce Young late in the first half. In the second half, it's three field goals. That's it. But the Houston defense, I'm sorry, the Houston offense is not quite as controlling. Not but not the same control freaks with the football. Uh, there's a fumble midway through the third quarter. They've got a, another field goal uh, that kind of comes after a, an extended drive. So felt like you you're seeing the Panthers be in this mode where we'll do whatever it takes to win, <laughs> whatever it looks like. We don't care. We just got to get that very first one. And yeah, the only fourth quarter points come on the Pinero field goal from 23 yards, and they executed that last drive perfectly. 86 yards, 15 plays. There was a big fourth down completion in there. Good for you, Bryce Young. Uh, I can imagine. And it's not really about C.J. Stroud, but to have the number one and two picks on the field at the same time, uh, you can imagine that for Bryce Young, for Frank Reich, this was humongous. We're two teams. You know, that C.S., my my dogs, my brother, um, you know, have a ton of love and respect for him. But, you know, it's it's not a one-on-one game out there. Um, You know, I'm super, super – Super happy for this for this team to be a part of this team. Super proud to be a part of this team. Um, you know, a really resilient win. And again, it, it took it took all eleven um, and all twenty two on both sides of the ball, all three phases. I'm mean, gonna took everyone. Hey, Corbs, how good does that feel? And what? And what? And what? And what? And what? Let's go! 
I like that he makes them yell the win part. And win! And win! And win! Let's go! <laughs> See what I mean? They could celebrate like they've won the Super Bowl because it's got to feel like that. Remember the Jets a few years ago? Were they 0-14? 0-13? Something along those lines? And man, they had fought so hard to just get one win. Just one. They ended up with two, I think. Uh, but it takes everything you've got every week. And I'm so impressed that they celebrated like they did. And the smiles, the relief for the Panthers, even though they're one and six. Meanwhile, the Texans fall to three and four. And Jay and I, wait, no, not actually. We didn't both have CJ Stroud, did we? I pick up CJ Stroud. I actually started him over Brock Purdy on my fantasy team, but I don't have the guts to look and see which one worked out better <laughs> because there wasn't a lot for either quarterback. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest day for either. But. <laughs> well, Brock had numbers, but he also yeah. had he also had three turnovers, right. which took away uh, his fantasy points. So good for the Panthers. Texans fall below four, 500, uh, but I still like what they've done the first half of the season. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We were talking about veteran quarterbacks earlier. I actually came up with a couple names that I think might be available or might be considered before the trade deadline for teams that are looking for warm bodies uh, as quarterbacks. Jameis Winston is one of those that people are mentioning for obvious reasons. He was an overall number one pick himself back in the day. Oh, I love that phrase. Old people use that. Back in the day. Actually, I heard my brother use that this weekend, which is kind of funny. Uh, but he's got starting experience. He's been a starter in multiple places. He's a veteran. Whether or not you think he's the the you know the best option he does have experience starting in multiple places uh, and so with Derek Carr healthy you wonder and and Taysom Hill who's a quarterback in name not always in practice but in name uh, he is a quarterback that they've used before uh, with Derek Carr and the Saints playing better on offense, maybe Jameis Winston is expendable. But speaking of Derek Carr, this was a huge day for him and for Rashid Shaheed. Second and five, ball on the 42, clock moving under six minutes to play. Carr to throw, middle of the pocket, looking, throwing deep down the middle, looking for Rashid Shaheed, catch, see you later, bye, touchdown, Rashid Shaheed, 58 yards. Mike, speed kills. kills. <laughs> so on the Saints radio network, Mike Haas with the play-by-play. And, yeah, this was some kind of wonderful for the New Orleans Saints on the road in Indianapolis. So big deal for them. Um, and I talked about this with Gardner Minshew. He can wow you. He can blow you away. And then he can look just as bad opposite end of the spectrum. Um, and so for the Saints, I think they decided to take care of their business. But 350 passing yards, uh, they go three for four in the red zone. They're 50% on third down, and they're over 500 total yards. So if you're looking for uh, a banner moment for the Saints, one that kind of picks up their spirit, reminds them of what they're able to do, and also everything that's still in front of them in the second half, this was the game. We have been moving the ball, you know, whether we threw it, ran it, doesn't matter. You know, we did it all in all kinds of ways today, and that's that's exciting for us. So, like I told you all earlier this week, I thought we were, I think we're getting better, you know, and uh, I'm just happy that the fruits of that showed up. I think what we've been missing is that really third down and red zone execution, and 
it felt good to kind of get that going today and, and have some good looks in the red zone and convert and be able to, you know, end drives with touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> that's the end goal, the end game. Alvin Kamara, he was great. 17 touches in the run game, so 59 yards there, but also had over 50 yards uh, in receiving, including a touchdown. Taysom Hill, he was actually their leading rusher with two touchdowns himself. So I think if we're talking about places veteran quarterbacks might be available, this is one where maybe the Saints are willing to part with Jameis Winston. It's, again, it's tough because they kept him there. Even when they got Derek Carr, they didn't get rid of him. Uh, you know, they had multiple iterations in terms of the coaching staff. Um, and so they they chose to keep him. We've seen him on the field when Carr was injured. So I don't know. It, that's a tough call. If you think that you're... You're comfortable with Taysom Hill as your backup should you lose Derek Carr for the season. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. The Colts fall to 3-5. and five. Oh, uh, Saints are 4-4, four and four, so they're back to 500. Colts fall to 3-5, and five, and right now they're without Anthony Richardson. This was not the plan. But Gardner Minshew giveth, and Gardner Minshew taketh away. And uh, he's, I mean, he's going to be their quarterback now. Um, and so for them, they got to figure out how to snap this three-game losing skid. Everybody talks about, you know, toughness. You, can you get back up when you get hit? All right, if you get hit once, you know, so uh, you get hit twice. All right, three times now, who's tough? When your body hurts, when your heart hurts, who's tough? I don't think we're about to have to figure that out, you know. Uh, but I feel good about the guys that we got. I don't think we're far off. I think we clean a few things up, start playing some complimentary football, and uh, we can do everything we want to do still. All of a sudden, the AFC South is not so wide open anymore. And I know people believed it was the Jaguars to lose, and that's true. But do you remember when they started out with, what they started out with, they went one and two in their first three games, right? And they've since won five in a row. They're six and two. The Texans and the Titans are both three and four. I mean, that's a big, well, I mean, it's a, it's a couple games, but... The chasm, the separation between the Jaguars and the rest of the South feels enormous to me because of the talent level and the way the Jags are playing right now. The Colts are at three and five. So you've got the Jags at six and two and then every other team in the division with three wins. And and while we're talking about uh, these rookie quarterbacks, I mean, think about the AFC South. C.J. Stroud, now we've got Will Levis for Tennessee. And the Colts, though they lose Anthony Richardson, did start him. That was the plan initially. Yeah, it's the division of rookies except for Jacksonville. And therein lies a major advantage. Plus, they've had uh, Doug Peterson in place now for his second year. They found some great momentum last season in picking up uh, that that first AFC South division title in quite a while, hanging in there till the end. They are definitely the team to beat in that AFC South. In the NFC South, the Falcons and the Saints are four and four. So right now, that's your leading record in the NFC South. Buccaneers are three and four. They've also lost three in a row. You know what Baker Mayfield thinks about that? Panthers get their first win. They're one and six. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 